Professional welder Shayna Ford used VR training developed by ForgeFX to hone her skills as a welder. The more time that you spend practicing it, that's what separates a good welder from a great welder. VR training can help students like Shayna repeatedly practice specific skills. Virtual reality definitely helps because the more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Explore more stories like Shayna's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. Podcast. I'm Alex. And I'm Reddit Mavericks. And today we got a special guest, Kirk Henderson. How are you doing today, Kirk? You know, I'm I'm pretty good. I'm pretty good. The weekend is here and I am ready to well, not work. Yeah, I, I definitely feel that. Are you ready to watch the Mavs play some more basketball, if that's what we're gonna call it? You know, as long as Luke is playing, I will tune in. If he's yeah. not, I'm going to mysteriously disappear from the internet. <laughs> I I know what you mean. Um, so I guess a few things that we wanted to talk to you about, Kirk. Um, I know this time last year, even no, 18 months ago, you were on the Luca hype train all by yourself. Oh, I so, got drunk. Game five of the season, we were one and four, and I got wasted, like <laughs> like bottle and a half of wine. Like embarrassing, <laughs> yeah, like embarrassing bad. It was, it, it was not great. And I was just super, I'd been reading all this draft stuff and I was like, God, this guy. And I just kind of made a deal. I, I was just like, this is going to be my internet shtick because this season's going to suck. So yeah. I might as well like, like crap out on this. And, and that was, that was, you know, the, around this time last year, I was just, just talking myself into tanking. Cause do, if you guys remember, we came out of all-star break and the Mavs won four of 10. And mm-hmm. they like rocketed up the standings, and so I was like, yeah. at this point last year, I was losing my mind. Yeah, you were like, "What are you doing? Stop winning these games!" Mm-hmm. And they were all like Carlisle doing his wizardry, wizardry type stuff too. Oh yeah, yeah, because the team last year was atrocious down the stretch. Because we were playing like, I remember there was a Jalen. I'm trying mm-hmm. to remember who all was on the team. Like like Chris. Uh, Who's the the BY like the twenty seven year old second year player out of BYU? Like there were some just like oh, I don't even know how we made it. Yeah, yeah I mean, Collinsworth. God, the guy yeah. could do everything but put the ball in the hoop. Um, I mean, we had was, Antonius Cleveland at some points last year. <laughs> blessed be his name. Um, <laughs> it, it was just it was that was so at this point last year we were just like like begging and hoping and like watching the draft class and like. The, the internet was a great place to be last year for, for draft arguing. Mm-hmm. And what's really fun with where we are now is that almost every single top 12-ish pick has been at least worth discussing. The only one who's a real mm-hmm. train wreck is Colin Sexton, and he was a train wreck in college, so I don't understand how he was really picked that high. But it was like, like, yeah. it was so, like we we're all like parsing and splitting hairs and you know, we're, we're 60 games in the season and all these guys are a lot of fun. So like, this has just been, this has been like more fun than I've had in the Mavs season since I would like, I want to say like the Oh three Oh four year where they had, uh, where they, they had like, was, was that the Antoine Jameson year where they just scored all the points and couldn't defend anyone? 
Yeah, that I think that was o three o four. It was yeah. just like they would score a hundred and five points every single night when scoring ninety five was a lot, mm-hmm. and and then they give up one o seven. Right. Yeah, and that was like that. That was this year's been the most fun, <laughs> other than the championship season. Like this yeah. one has been the one that sticks out in my head. It's just I've had a great time. Yeah. So I, I had a little bit of curiosity because I know right before the Kristaps trade happened, you were like, "Man, I'm not sure about this." And then it happened, and you're on board, which I totally understand. But can you maybe help people temper down their expectations a little bit when it comes to KP playing next season? So part of this, and I don't explain this in my 240 character outbursts. When I was 27, <laughs> I had the Dwight Powell, or I'm sorry, the Dwight Howard back surgery, the L4 L5 microdiscectomy. Holy and shit. now I'm not an NBA player, but I do know that my rehab, like it effectively ended my ability to play basketball mm-hmm. and, and yeah. it's, it, you know, with Dwight Howard, it completely robbed him. Like generations from now, people were not going to understand how this guy was a hall of famer when he just spent the last 10 years of his career going from place to place because he just physically was unable. Yeah. And I am, you know, some of the things that I've, I've read about, you know, KP indicate to me that he has some like basic problems with his biomechanics that it seems like he and the Mavericks have decided to try to get right. Um, so at the time of the trade, I just read all this stuff because I'm friends with a number of Knicks fans and it just, it freaked me out because he's so big. That's like, yeah. it, it sounds really dumb, but he, he really is just unbelievably tall but he's, he's also the tallest guy in the NBA. I, 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 and that's just amazing to say out loud mm-hmm. with the way he plays. And so I was a little worried at the time that like, okay, you know, we're signing the guy who's super talented, but you know, the history of seven of, of guys taller than seven feet who have lower body extremity issues isn't great. You know, they're, oh, yeah. they're it's yeah. usually feet, but he just seems, you know, he has all his issues, you know, contained to one side. The ACL is a little bit of a freak injury, but he still was, you know, like reasonably athletic. So it's, that's kind of where my head was at the time. I've since come back. I understand like like the argument that, that Mavs trainer Casey Smith knows what he's doing has to, you know, stand to some. Uh, it has to, to matter a little bit, no matter what my like, you know, non-medical expertise has to say about this. Mm-hmm. I just know that like the sort of problems I've had down the road with my own issues makes me think that like a guy like him might have a shorter career than we think, but given like the, the, uh, the advances in medical history in the last, you know, 25 years, like it's also likely that they stay on top of things. You know, I, I wouldn't be shocked if next year he has, uh, like a 22 minute per game, like kind of, you know, a cap for half the season as he figures things out. And so as yeah. long as they bring him along, even, even a little bit, then I, I think it, it, I'm really, I'm really on board with it now in a way that I wasn't, uh, you know, three weeks ago. Yeah. So something about Casey Smith that makes me trust him, especially with lower body stuff is like, I think it was three or four years ago. Um, Adrian Beltre was having a lot of issues with his hamstring and his uh, groin and the, the Rangers training staff could not get it right. And so eventually he said, fuck it. And he went to Casey Smith. That's and, wild. I didn't know that. Yeah. Yeah, dude. And, I love the story. Yeah. And after like six weeks with Casey Smith, he kept a relationship with Casey and was able to play the rest of the season and was able to stay relatively healthy for the rest of his career after that. So, 
that's that's the reason that I give a little bit of credence to the whole Casey Smith is a wizard. He knows what sure. he's doing. Yeah. Especially sure. with lower body stuff. Well, and I mean, I, I also need to remember to some extent, you know, Dirk had horrendous ankle issues for the mm-hmm. first like five years of his career. I remember uh, I read recently that he missed the, the only time Jordan came through Dallas in his uh, wizard time because he uh, he had a. Uh, he was out with an ankle sprain and, you know, he obviously got that right until, you know, this last year when he had, you know, the ankle spurs or the bone spurs removed. So it's, you know, I'm, I was overreacting. It, it just, it was one of those things that at the time I'm sitting there thinking, man, unless this guy really is right, then the, and, and you know what, it, it was worth the gamble because when you like peel back and say, okay, the Mavericks traded Dennis Smith and three draft picks for Luka Doncic and Chris Tapps Porzingis. You, like, 99 times out of 100 do you do that trade. Yeah, absolutely. Um, this is a joke, but I'm now out on Chris Tapps Porzingis because he's at the Mavs ball and drinking water out of a uh, applesauce packet. <laughs> <laughs> What's he wearing? Because, like, I, does he have the open-collar bond look with the gold Oh, we got to talk about that, too. Okay, so <laughs> he's wearing uh, a tailored, thin blue suit with a white button down and a black tie. Oh, I see it right now. <laughs> but he is drinking water out out of a packet that looks like what a toddler eats applesauce out of. That's perfect. That's yeah. awesome. I love it. So, I'm out. Not really, but... That's, that's water. Is that really water? It has to be. What okay. else like, would it be? Applesauce? I guess, dude, I don't know. Maybe... The... Uh, that's a really big, big pack of applesauce. If that's if that's what it is. But. The Mavs Moneyball staff gave me gave me grief on my hot takes about his, about his dressing. But like the bottom line is, he's just so tall and so thin, nothing looks right on him. That's what I wanted to ask you about. It's actually, like nineties Dirk, really. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Except for yeah. it's all tailored stuff instead of stuff that's three sizes too big. Yeah. Oh yeah. And you know he's he's got a little bit of a tan and then the gold chain and I'm just like good gracious. I was just looking at pictures of him from the opening press conference when he wore this uh, checkered blue and red suit that was like I'm just like he's like looks like something Clark Griswold would wear from in the 80s. I you know I I, I, he reminds me of my old boss who's now my friend who grew up in Jamaica Queens. And spends way too much money at Armani. <laughs> <laughs> well, and, the other the reason I'm so stupid about this stuff is there's also like just very little to actually talk about basketball wise, unless I want to get so in the weeds. And then at that point, I end up like game theorying out, oh, what is what position is Dorian Finney-Smith going to have in the rotation next year? And yeah. I just can't do that to myself in March. <laughs> yeah i can see that i mean it would be just mind-boggling to try and go through every single thing there are people on twitter that do it yes and and i'm just like thank you because i can't yeah, i'm not gonna do it dude ever <laughs> like i just know like i refuse like people right. ask me critical questions all the time and i'm like nope not no it's not me <laughs> my only big mavs thing that i'm on right now is like stop talking about tanking please it's not like last season right I, 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 it it was art what they did last season, even with a bad team mm-hmm. losing 12 of 14 down the stretch when everyone else is trying to lose two is incredible. Yeah. yeah. Do you remember the Kings game? It was, was, it? it was like with a week left, right? It, yes. Oh, and yes. It, Harrison Barnes had like 25 points in the first half. And I remember arguing with Bobby 
Corella about this because he's like, look, he's getting to the free throw on, and like, he, I'm like, he's playing high school students. The Kings <laughs> don't have a real lineup, and and the and that was one of the two that the Mavs won because they also won this. I remember they also won over Portland in mm. some game where they shot like sixty percent, and it, it was just one of those wild games. But everything else, they just they lost so beautifully because they, you know. They would play everybody just enough and then end up like finishing the game with the worst, like like the Mej was playing all the, <laughs> you know, bottom, like the bottom five minutes. Like, what is Dallas doing? So it's like this year, there's yeah. no point in talking about it because like that Indiana game the other night was a blast. It was. It was. Yeah. It's sad to go, but, you know, like <laughs> it was a lot of fun to watch for the highlights that I saw. I was taking care of my kid. She was doing some stuff, but, you know. <laughs> Well, the, the, there was, the post game was a riot. They start like like Luca was like openly asking, like answering questions. Who are you staring at on the bench? Oh, I'm oh yeah, that was awesome. Coach, like <laughs> Dirk talking about. Well, you know, I'm not really sure if I'm going to retire. Like that's what like that. You know, if we're all focusing on the 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 long term, like what happens in 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 uh, June during the ping pong balls, like then we're not going to enjoy the little crap like that because that was that was fun. Yeah, it's very well, fun. Yes. The other thing is like. I thought about touching on this more later, but it's like there's a human aspect to tanking. And last year was a little bit different because there's really nobody on our team now that was here last year. Um, half of our team that's here right now is going to be here next year. And I'm sure the Mavs want to be here long term, mm-hmm. including but not limited to Luca and Kristaps, who are both guys that want to win. And so I agree it's like, with that. You have to take steps. I think a lot of fans, especially on Twitter, have this like all-or-nothing mentality of if you're not competing for the playoffs and you're not competing for a championship, fuck it, go into the tank. But teams don't really work that way. Um, the Trailblazers are a perfect example of this. Like They're never going to win a championship with their team, but they're going to be in the playoffs every year, and that's good for the city of Portland. Just like Dallas needs to take those steps to become better, even if it doesn't mean making the playoffs this year. Yeah, because there's all those guys that are getting reps. You know, there's there's six ish guys that are going to be in the rotation next year that are on the team right now. And, you know, getting those minutes together like like I remember yeah. thinking after the trade that Dwight Powell was going to crumble because he didn't have, you know, the people that he he wasn't going to work as well as what I was thinking. I ended up being wrong because he's developed such a nice rapport with Luca that, you know, the, the other night I, it was the game before the Pacers game I was covering. Oh, it was a Clippers game. That's why I don't remember it. Cause it was in the middle of the night yeah. where he just like started <laughs> the game. And the first like four assists were all to, you know, passes that were to Dwight Powell. And it's like that sort of thing. If Powell, you know, I expect Powell to be on the team next year, right. Is like, that's valuable. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and then finding out what you have in the guys that you traded for as well, deciding like what you're going to do with them in the off season. Oh yeah, and I really like preparing myself to not like uh, Tim Hardaway Jr. <laughs> like what what things can I prepare to get mad at on the internet about as he's playing? Well, I mean, he's Wes Matthews, except for he can dribble a little bit better and he's more athletic. I don't remember the percentages, but he shoots significantly better on pull-ups than he does on catch and shoot, which is mind-boggling to me. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, dude, yeah. So I guess the other thing that we'll touch on really quickly before we let you go is uh, our fan poll. 
Oh, hold, on, hold, on, hold on, hold on. I wanted to ask something else, though. Okay, go ahead. For that. Um, so, uh, Kirk, I remember you talking a long time ago about um, playing with a former Laker great, Marcelo Huertas. <laughs> yeah. And I just wanted to ask if there are any cool stories or any, you know, anecdotes or anything about him that you'd like to share with the uh, with the group. I mean, it was really odd. 2000, 2001, uh, a five foot nine looking goofball shows up in the gym. And I played uh, a million years ago at Coppell High School. And we had one district like six years in a row. And this guy comes in and we're like, oh, well. You know, he was a, he was he was transferring in as a senior from overseas, and we're like, well, you know, you can run with us, but you know, we, we kind of have a team. And he steps on the floor, and if you've ever played basketball with somebody not from America, a lot of these guys just visualize the game the way soccer players do, and it he was making passes at seventeen that I still entirely don't get how he saw. It's, it's why I love Luca <laughs> yeah. so much. So, you know, yeah. he played with us and then, you know, he graduated and went back overseas. And then two years later, I saw his name on the bottom of the draft board for at uh, NBA draft.net when that was like one of the only websites that did draft stuff. Holy and I remember shit. thinking, <laughs> what in the, huh? He had grown like four and a half inches after graduation and ended up, you know, not getting drafted, but playing, you know, a fairly long career overseas. I didn't understand and really until I, you know, probably five years ago that he was actually playing in one of the like the second best league in the world. And I knew it was I knew he was amazing when uh, I he played in the Brazilian national team and they played a warm up game here in Washington, D.C., which is where I live. And I. Uh, got I, I I like stalked the tickets and got third row seat center court and I got his attention after the game but I wasn't able to like actually hang out with him which sort of sucks but you know nothing really like great story wise it's just one of those really wild things where you're like oh I, I you know this guy spent the night at my house a number of times in high school and you know I got team dinners and stuff like that and now he's out on the floor with LeBron James, Kevin Durant, and Kobe Bryant. <laughs> so that was just, like, weird. Because, you know, I, I grew I grew up in the early 2000s. There were some, like, really incredible Dallas-area basketball teams. Like, Chris Bosh's high school team was the number one team in the nation my senior year. Um, okay. Darren, yeah, they, they went 40-0. and um, Darren Williams <laughs> and this, uh, this guy who got drafted by the Wolves, I want to say, like, seventh overall, named Bracey Wright, were on a team together. Like, Darren Williams wasn't even the good guy. Um, and then, all, and, and it was just, and I remember Darren being on that national, uh, basketball team and him and like him and, uh, um, Marcelo, like meet, like meeting up post game and having a laugh. Cause we had played them when we were 17 and it was like, this is like basketball is just an odd sport like that where guys can really kind of, you know, storm up the ladder late and really blossom. And so I was, you know, just kind of a fun thing that ended up me being on the, you know, tertiary of. Yeah, I mean, being able to say that you ever played basketball with or against legit NBA talent, I mean, that's something that I could never say. Yeah, exactly. It's, it's extremely weird in retrospect because I was not good. <laughs> <laughs> Were you playing, like, old man pickup already in high school? Oh, yeah. I mean, I was like, I was the Brian Cardinal. You know, I, I took charges and was, like, people didn't like me. 
you know, like yeah. that sort of guy. <laughs> That's awesome. That's awesome. I mean, you, you got to pick up the, the points where you can, right? That's right. So, I, again, now on to the, to the last thing was everybody kind of wants to know, or kind of I want to know as well, like why there's that negative perception of, of you or why people think that you're negative all the time. Oh, I didn't, I didn't vote for this, by the way. Oh, so. it was funny. I, I chuckled because it's, you know, I have written for a variety of Mav sites starting after about 2012. And, you know, if you were a fan of those teams in the, in the, you know, uh, early and mid 2000s, when they started their 15 year, you know, playoff run, that was kind of when I became like very negative, which in retrospect is stupid. Cause if you're making the playoffs 15 years in a row, your team is good. You know, you're, you're enjoying basketball, but you know, it's, it's like that mindset you mentioned earlier where it's, you know, championship or bust. It was just so depressing to constantly, you know, not. 2006 yeah. was soul crushing in a way that we all understand. Oh, and, absolutely. And, and 07 so, even more so to me personally, but yeah, oh god, yes, that was one of the worst feelings. And so when I hopped on Twitter, God, I've been on Twitter for a decade. That's so embarrassing. Um, <laughs> Actually, yeah. it really, yeah, it was 09. Now that I think about it, and yeah, I, I, I hit I, my 10 years in, in September. It's and it's sad, and so it's one of those things where I got a little bit of a reputation of just not buying the bull i i don't you know i as much as i love the mavericks mark cuban is a problem for me like he's yeah you know he's why the post championship era was poor for a really long time he'll never take responsibility for that i don't think but it's he was driving the the bus for a lot of it so you know i i don't come into every season you know being really excited about the Mavericks, though I did cop to uh, to Dalton last night when I was chatting with him that I, I do think playoffs are a possibility next year. So I, I just kind of got a reputation of being the guy that craps on everything, but I also end up being right a lot of the time because the Mavericks have stank for eight, like six or seven <laughs> years. Like it's, it's, it's not, you know, it's, I don't like, I don't necessarily mean to be negative as much as I'm just like, I'm not going to be excited about, about, you know, Chandler Parsons, you know, it's, it's one of those sorts of things. And that's yeah. probably not fair. Like I need to be better about that. My wife, my wife tells me the same thing. I've tried to be better this year just because <laughs> it's, it's fun watching the game, but yeah, that's, that's the sort of thing that, that happens. I'm just like the grump. That's not happy with anything. I mean, you brought it up earlier. Like you didn't like the, you mentioned that I was skeptical about the Chris Dapps trade. Like, <laughs> like yeah. everybody, everybody was right to tell me to shut up. Like, <laughs> they're, you know, yeah, but at the same time, like, I think that there's a balance between the two. Like, I think that you can be excited about the Kristaps trade, like, like I think everybody is now, but also not think that Kristaps and Luka are going to be the best two-man game in the NBA next season. Yep. That you have to find that balance, because if you make your expectations Dalton level, then you're going to be disappointed every single year, too. Sure. No, that's, I, I uh, the, the, the breaking of Dalton for the past four years, like three or four years where he's like, ah, I guess they're not going to make the playoffs. And it's like, mm -hmm. well, it's April. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, it's got, it's, it's, it's that sort of stuff though is a good reminder because if, if you got to watch this, it's got to be fun to watch this. And that's what, where, where, when people are like, dude, is this even fun for you? It's like, uh, you're right. I need to lighten up a little bit. So that's where a lot of that, you know, comes from. And just the fact that I, Cannot. I mean, I have 200. I just looked at this because I looked at the the time. I have 246,000 tweets. Like, I just can't help myself when it comes to arguing with people. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I'm trying. I'm trying to get on your level on tweets. 
So don't do it. No, you'll you'll find yourself in a rabbit hole really quickly. Even I've done that. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> but I mean, I think you know I understand. Like it's easy to get negative, uh, but at the same time, sometimes it's nice to have a little dose of reality inside of fandom. Right. You know, and there's the way that the uh, you know the internet basketball culture has grown since I have been online there's really such a variety of options should Mm -hmm. want to go out there you know there's there's dallas sports fanatics there's you know there's there's fishes dallasbasketball.com which has been around since the beginning of time um there there used to be a few more dallas-based sites which have you know kind of come and gone over the years so i I feel like there's a pretty good mix of stuff that that when you know if, if you're looking for a specific type of coverage you can go out there and find it our site is kind of like hilariously grumpy um, just because of there's so many of us that are Mavs fans that aren't Mavs or that aren't Dallas based. Yeah. So I guess we're not really like, ste- we're not uh, steeped in like the local area sports coverage, which, you know, tends to be a little more positive from time to time. And that, mm-hmm. you know, that can just result in everybody being a little bit, uh, like just too negative about things sometimes, but it's something that we talk about and try to correct. And that's why this year I think has just been so rewarding in a lot of respects. Yeah. I mean, this year's been, I mean, even like for the, for the Moneyball guys, like it's been a lot more fun. Like the, uh, the West meme was great this season. Ah, God, that I'm going to miss, I'm going to miss posting because <laughs> there's really nobody now. Like I, like I sometimes feel like posting dribbling. When, yeah. Cause it's like, there's nobody that's that bad at it. Like I want to do it when Dwight Powell drives, but he's like <laughs> remarkably good despite looking like a, a baby giraffe on roller skates. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So <laughs> it's, it, I'm going to have to find, I'm going to have to find new ones for, for things next year. It's this year was kind of, it, it was fun picking on particular guys that I knew weren't going to be here long term. But like now that they're gone, like I like low key miss being able to make fun of, of Harrison, <laughs> Bar- Harrison Barnes missing every layup, things like that. Harrison Barnes never drawing a foul. Mm-hmm. Dennis Smith Jr. never drawing a foul. God, then he goes to New York and gets like 30 free throws. What is yeah. happening? Right. Dennis Smith missing easy dunks. Poor guy. That's uh, still happening. That's still happening in New York, though. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I want him to succeed. Uh, uh, you know, a rising tide floats all boats. So more good players in the NBA is good for everybody. But God bless. I'm getting rid of him lifted a veil over Dallas. That's really sad to say. Yeah. And then, I mean, there's nothing else that I don't think I want to ask you. Uh, Ruben, is there anything that you want to talk about? Try and think. It's all my head. Uh, nothing really. Nah. I could go with your back and forth with Andy, but those happen all the time. I think everybody knows about them. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. He definitely asked us to. Andy ask, is why you put up with him. Uh, which Ant? Which, so Andy Tobo. Sorry. Tobo. Oh God. Tobo. See, the problem with Andy to- Andy Tobolowski is he might be the single smartest person I've ever met. Um, yeah. And so when you do when when you talk with a person who's smarter than you. And this happens with my wife. Uh, I lose every <laughs> argument, and it's it's like I've I've almost stopped just because like he ends up just like outwording me every time. So it's you know <laughs> it's silly, but I will tell you that that dude is just an amazing Dallas basketball writer, and I'm like depressed that he had to go be a college professor, so he can't do it as much anymore. 
Yeah, I mean, I still honestly plug his story on Dirk from last year. Mm-hmm. Good. He wrote for you guys, and it's like, as the season winds down, I think that that's a good story for everybody to read. Mm-hmm. Of just, like, saying goodbye to the best player that Dallas has ever seen. What do you guys think? You think that guy's out of here, Mr. Uh, Mr. Nowitzki? Oh, I... <laughs> It, it's a weird situation. I, I think that you touched on this, but it's maybe, maybe not. I think it's, I don't think that he knows. I went from being very unhappy that this was going to be his final season because he looked so bad yeah. to so content after the all-star game to being, you know, I made my peace with it in my head. And then he, now he's talking, well, I don't know. I haven't really thought about it. And I'm just, I think he's 90% out the door, which is probably mm-hmm. for the best, but I yeah. do think that he is annoyed that he is being treated like a mascot to some extent, which, yeah. I don't know, I, I keep making this joke, but like, if you're going to do the direct opposite of the Dwayne Wade, Ken Burns documentary that's going on, people <laughs> are going to gravitate towards you. Like, after 20 yeah. years, the dude, like, I mean, I think about this, I was a freshman in high school when he was drafted i am 35 now like good god yeah like at at that point even people who claim to not like him like him he's just outlasted everybody so i i see both sides of it i wish that he would just say i wish that he would basically say no comment when talking about it but exactly yeah i think he kind of volunteers the information to some respect and what I get mad that like like Jackie McMullen said on a podcast a couple of days ago, he just he really needs to leave. He needs to be done. This is getting painful. And I'm like, have you watched a Mavs game since February? I, I can't believe you have because he does. He looks painful, but in you know it it the the ball's going through the rim. So if that's yeah. the case, I don't care. Yeah, it's one of those things. It's like even if he was being a terrible basketball player this year, I wouldn't care. Yep. Like I, I I've yeah, come to terms I, yeah. with the fact that Dirk is allowed to do what he wants to do. It's his twenty first season. I still remember my first Dirk game, which was at the old reunion arena. Oh um, wow. My my mom used to work for a neurosurgeon and he had courtside seats. And so he this is this is in like oh one, oh two and the Mavs were not incredible. Yeah. It was like right before they moved to American Airlines Center and he's like, uh, ah, I don't want to go. And so and so he gave my mom the tickets and we went. And so I got to watch him and Nash play at Reunion. And that was just amazing. Do you remember what part of the season that was in? Because that 01-02 was the year he came on like a beast the second half of the year and ended up being third team All-NBA in his third season. It was after the All-Star break. So you, so you it probably was, saw a beast of a game. Yeah, That's it was amazing. Great it was like Dirk and Nash pick and pop, pick and roll all day. <sighs> God damn, dude. Yeah, see, he's told me the story before, like, to flex on me, and I'm like, all right, <laughs> I get it. Like, thanks. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm going. On you. It's just, like, it, it's a memory that's ingrained in my head. Just, like, I remember being at the Fort Lauderdale airport at a fucking uh, Nathan's hot dog stand watching the 2011 <laughs> championship. I, I made a grave mistake. I was in Miami for a bachelor party. Oh, shit. I was 20, so when, 2011, it's 27. It's like okay. right before my, uh, yeah, 
I don't know, 27-ish, 26-ish. is in there oh. for a bachelor party. And they came back for game six. And my wife, and I was down there. And my wife said, you should just change your flight and go. Find a ticket. And I was like, we don't. You know, we were living in like a 500-square-foot apartment in Washington, D.C. And I was like, we don't have the money for this. And she was <laughs> like, I don't care. You're going to go. And I just like, I can't do it. And then I didn't go. And then, of course, they won. So me <sighs> celebrating the title was taking my dog for a walk and no one caring because I knew no Mavs fans at that point. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Let's see, where was I? Let's see, I was 20 years old, living in Denton, going to college there. Um, got, in, got into a bar with my fake ID, <laughs> uh, you know, with my fraternity brothers and just, like, getting drunk as shit and just, like, watching, like... I specifically remember like them winning and then immediately just like going to the bar, like getting shots and just like, and not remembering <laughs> the rest of that night, except for like that moment. And I was like, yes. Okay, sweet. <laughs> like I'm going to see them. Ago. They're here on Wednesday. Oh, nice. And I bought unreasonable tickets for <laughs> taking a, for taking a three-year-old to the game. Yeah. Um, we're like on the first row right next to the visitor's tunnel. Oh shit. And so I'm going to be like, I'm going to, I'm all the pictures and my son and my son who I have effectively brainwashed into being a Mavericks fan. So even if I'm only there for a half, it's going to be awesome. Yeah. I I mentioned this on Twitter. My, my daughter turns five on the 21st and I asked her what she wants to do for her birthday. She's like, I want to go to a basketball game. Yes. I was like, okay, we can do that. So, oh, man. and the Mavs have a heck of a they're they're good with this stuff for for it's an it's a good experience in arena. Oh, yeah. So, That'd be so a great we're time. Gonna, we're gonna buy some seats in the hundreds. We're gonna get there early. We're gonna try and get her Luca jersey signed because I bought her a Luca jersey. And, I like it. And we're just gonna have a blast. She's super excited. She watches most games with me. And she's just like, I want to see Luca play, and nobody else. She doesn't care about anybody else. Well, it hel- it helps that he wears cool shoes. So even yeah. on the TV, I can oh, be yeah. like, follow the guy with the cool red shoes, or yeah. whatever. <laughs> Her favorite thing is already watching him do a step back, just because it's so classy. I, she has great taste. <laughs> she yeah. really does. Dude. This is good parenting. <laughs> Being a father sounds so dope, but you know, I'm yeah. gonna wait on it a little bit. So. <laughs> It's also very expensive, so keep that in mind. Oh, yeah, that, dude. Yeah, I know. I bet. So I'm like, eh. Just told my girlfriend, I was like, we're going to wait, like, years, man. Just let's enjoy ourselves. Or, you know. but, well, I hope you guys have me on again. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Thanks so for coming I, on, Kirk. I probably, I don't know. My my side editor is always like, you should do one for us. And I'm just, I, I, I'm like, that sounds like a lot of work. And I don't know if I want to do work every week. <laughs> I don't know. It's like most of the other Mavs podcasts are very, very much wanting to get into the advanced stats things, which I understand them. Uh, but there's not a Mavs podcast that's here to just bullshit and have fun, and that's what we're trying to do. That's right. Good. You gotta, you gotta find our own niche. Um, Kirk, is there anything that you want to plug before we let you go tonight? I don't think so. Uh, right after All Star break, I wrote a piece: twenty five things to think about during the final 25 games 
and we're like five games past that and i was already wrong about half of them so i feel like <laughs> half of, of you know i and it was like one of those marathon pieces like three thousand words and i i was oh cool i'm already wrong about that they're not tanking excellent you know little things like that so i i gave up writing seriously a while ago i like doing game coverage uh just because it's really fun to talk about specific things that happen during the course of games yeah. Um, I, I was writing before there was a lot of video on Twitter, so you, you would often have to get like really descriptive with your language. Now I can just, you know, lift a GIF and go post it into my, post it into my recaps. But, you know, it's, it's a lot of fun, you know, watching the, the little things that happen during these games, you know, Dirk has 69 points to go <clears throat> nice. past Wilt Chamberlain. So yeah. like, that's, you know, watch our coverage of that, which will probably be ridiculously over the top. Um, other than that, I don't really have much going on because I, I kind of want to keep my fingers crossed. My, the only thing I'm really going to push for the rest of the year is that the Mavericks, if they're in the lottery, they need to send Luca. No more yeah. of this Michael Finley stuff. No more, or really the ghost of Michael Finley who looks like, you know, he, who looks like life took a toll on him after playing yes. a million and a half minutes during the yeah. like seven year stretch. Yes. Um, so that, that's kind of, that'll be my shtick the rest of the year because I just, I, I, I at this point, I, I have to believe something hilarious will happen if Luca goes to the, to the lottery. Cause could you, you know, imagine if I if can't imagine, I keep thinking about it and it's unhealthy. <laughs> that, like the, I don't this is why about I... it, but I think about it like once a day and yeah. it's, I'm going to be, and if this happens again, I'm going to go buy lotto tickets because <laughs> That would be I, – I can't. So you see how hyped I get? This is stupid. Just make sure you buy them in Virginia. That way you don't pay the D.C. tax on them. Right. Right. <laughs> well, again, guys, thank you for having me on. I'm happy to come on and BS anytime. Yes, um, next, thank you. Next, next time you guys can teach me a little more about what beers I need to be drinking during these Mavs games. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, yeah. Uh, you know, in a, in a couple of years I might be moving to that area, so oh, I'll find me. I don't recommend it. <laughs> My corporate headquarters is there, so I may not have a choice. Fair enough. All right, guys. Well, you have a uh, a good weekend. And, yeah. And uh, send it to me when it's up, because I want to share it on uh, all of our sites. All right. We'll, we'll have it up tomorrow, so thanks. Absolutely. Have a good weekend. All right. You too. All right, guys. So that was Kirk. Uh, you can follow him at Kirk Serious Face on Twitter and uh, see the stuff that he's writing on Maps Moneyball. Uh, Ruben, before we actually go, is there anything else that you want to talk about? Um, you think, is there anything going on? Mm, not really. All so, right. Well, I mean, I guess that's going to be it for this week. Um, keep in touch. We've got some other great guests planned. We've got some great ideas planned for the off season. Uh, you can follow us on Twitter. You can follow Ruben at Reddit Mavericks on Twitter. You can follow me at hoops and Hefe on Twitter, go to hoops and You can subscribe to the podcast anywhere, iTunes, Spotify, Spreaker, uh, Overcast, Pocket Cast, doesn't matter. Subscribe, give us five stars, like it, leave a comment, help us out. Sorry, guys. Yeah. yeah, so that's another episode. Have a great night. Yeah, have a good weekend. Bye.